Welcome to a time of worship and prayer to connect with our Creator, heart, soul, and mind. In Matthew 22, the Sadducees ask Jesus what the greatest commandment is. His answer is twofold. He replies, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So friends, this time is a time set aside for us to worship and pray, not only with our minds, but with our hearts and souls, so that we can be transformed from the inside out and love our neighbors as ourselves. My hope with these weekly meditations is to give us space to reflect on what we heard in the sermon on Sunday. How do we take what we heard and know in our heads to be true and let it transform our hearts into the likeness of Christ? So wherever you are, I just invite you to take a deep breath in through the nose and let it out through your mouth. In through the nose and let it out through the mouth. One more time, in through the nose and let it out through the mouth. Inhale through the nose. Seal the lips and exhale through the nose. Just continue to breathe with your own rhythm of breath, in through the nose and out through the nose. Genesis 2-7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So as you begin to notice your breath, I just invite you to take a moment to give thanks to the one who gave you that breath and know that he is as close to you as your next breath. As you begin to notice your breath, I invite you to notice what your breath is like. Can you notice the pace of your breath? Where do you feel it in your body? Maybe the quality or temperature of your breath. As you breathe in, where do you notice your breath? Is it high up in your chest or can you begin to Let your breath come all the way down to the bottom of your belly, letting your ribs expand. Let your ribs expand. And then as you exhale, imagine you're emptying a balloon, releasing that stale air that no longer serves you, making room for fresh, life-giving oxygen. And then just begin to let each breath become a little longer and a little slower than the last. Now I invite you to begin to notice your body. If you're seated in a chair, just plant your feet firmly on the ground and sit up nice and tall. Or maybe you're walking as you're listening to this. If so, just begin to notice your feet as they move along the ground. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, maybe relax your shoulders away from your ears. 
Relax your jaw, unfurl your brow, and continue to breathe deeply the breath of life. To connect our minds to our hearts and our souls, we're going to practice breath prayer. This practice of breath prayer is the intentional linking of our breath with a word or a short phrase. Our breathing is something that comes naturally. It's automatic, continuous, and involuntary. And when we let our inhales and our exhales represent an intentionally chosen prayer, we begin to live out Paul's instructions in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing. So in the quiet of your heart, on your next inhale, whisper, let my light and exhale be a witness to the world around me. Inhale, let my light and exhale be a witness to the world around me. Take a moment to just breathe and pray it out with your own rhythm of breath. Inhaling, let my light and exhale, be a witness to the world around me. This week we began the long-awaited series of Revelation. Aaron was fired up on Sunday and laid some amazing groundwork while also dropping a ton of truth bombs. The title of this sermon is Revelation. What is it and why does it matter? Aaron's heart is for us to see that the book of Revelation is not a book about how things will end, but that this is a book about who Jesus is. Revelation 1, 1 through 6 in the Passion Translation says, This is the unveiling of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to share with his loving servants what must occur swiftly. He signified it by sending his angel to his loving servant, John. I, John, bore witness to the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. A joyous blessing rests upon the one who reads this message and upon those who hear and embrace the words of this prophecy, for the appointed time is in your hands. From John to the seven churches in Western Turkey, May the kindness of God's grace and peace overflow to you from him who is and who was and who is coming and from the seven spirits who are in front of his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn among the dead and the ruling king who rules over the kings of the earth. Now to the one who constantly loves us and has loosed us from our sins by his own blood, and to the one who has appointed us as a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion throughout the eternity of eternities. Amen. Aaron explained three ways that we see Jesus in Revelation. First, we see Jesus as the faithful witness. Second, we see that Jesus is the Son of Man. And third, Jesus describes himself. Friends, I want to camp out on Jesus as the faithful witness. Aaron explained that we make the mistake of assuming our liberation is some glad morning when this life is o'er. 
But John's appeal in the book of Revelation is that Jesus, as the faithful witness, isn't talking about heaven. John's appeal is that the reason why you and I endure is the empty tomb. The reason we endure is because the power of resurrection. The reason we endure is because Jesus is alive. Friends, this message is a message that Aaron preaches often. That it's not about some glad morning when this life is o'er. And I'm so grateful for that message because it radically changed my faith. Growing up, I heard about who Jesus was. He was my savior. I have to get saved so I can go to heaven and not live in eternal damnation. But all around me, I saw Christians living life the same as the world. So it never made sense to me. Why would people talk about Jesus on Sunday then forget about him the rest of the week? So I believe Jesus was my ticket to heaven, but that was it. My faith was very shallow. Then Aaron came to Southeast and began to preach about the message of Jesus is for here and now and to bring heaven crashing down to earth. And something clicked for me. And I'm so glad it did. Because it changed my life and who I live it for. These past few years of my life have been incredibly hard. I've watched people I love go through unimaginable pain. But through their pain, they have clung to their faith in Jesus. And their witness to me has been that they can endure because Jesus is alive. I have also endured hard things. And because my faith is where it's at, the hard things haven't completely undone me. And friends, this is what being a witness is all about. It's about showing the world that even amongst dark things, we can have peace because we know how the story ends and we know that the tomb is empty. And because of that, we should live into that every day, not just on Easter Sunday when we celebrate the resurrection. So friends, today I just invite you to meditate on a few questions. First, what is your witness telling the world? Is it telling the world that your faith in Jesus is why you can have peace in all circumstances? Or is it saying that your faith in Jesus is something you only do on Sundays or once a year on Easter Sunday? As I say every week, this is not a space for condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ. This is merely a space for reflection. So take some time and talk with God about what your witness is telling the world. Aaron closed out the sermon by saying, Revelation invites these people to a brutal laying down of their own life at an incredible cost to themselves and to everyone they love. It's not a way to find an escape. It's a way to find peace in the midst of incredible sorrow 
And the way we find peace is that no matter what happens, the tomb is empty. So Father God, we just come to you today and say thank you. Thank you that your witness is one that teaches us to endure hard things. That you gave it all up to come down to earth and endure the cross on our behalf. That by looking at your example and the example of the faith leaders in the Bible and in our own life, we can see that because the tomb is empty, we can endure as well. Lord, may the truth of this sermon wash over us and through us, and may our faith not be something we cling to as an escape plan for when this life is over, but as a daily discipline that encourages us to become more and more like you so that we can show the world who you are. Lord, may our witness to others shine your light and bring heaven a little closer to earth. It's in your name I pray. Amen.